Alrighty, welcome to Crag Gals, the show where we are gals talking about crags. My name is Carolyn DeRosa. I am a fourth year film production student here at Penn State University with minors in music technology and English. And I'm joined by my uh, two out of, oh wait, two out of t- three other <laughs> Two co-hosts. out of three. Yeah. <laughs> Macy is unfortunately not feeling well today, so she could not make it. But I'm here with the lovely JJ and the lovely Emma. How are y'all today? Hey, Carolyn. <laughs> Hi, Carolyn. We've literally been in this room for like 30 minutes at least. <laughs> I mean, we'd be doing our little crack gals thing. Not going to give any spoilers for what's going yeah. on next week or weeks following, but you know, just Some keeping good things y'all in the future, for Some sure. good things are in the very, very near future. Let's just say that. Ooh. So for today's fun fact, um, we have when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? Emma, you look very excited about this question. <laughs> no, you I, wrote this too. <laughs> I, yeah, I did choose this just because I think it's fun. People can talk about their childhood. Um, I actually have a funny story behind this. Uh-huh. So I've always loved animals. Um, mm-hmm. And like when you're little, like if you like animals, the only thing that you think you can do is be a vet. But- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone out there who likes animals maybe also went through this realization that oh. you don't actually have to be a vet to like animals. <laughs> um, and so in my kindergarten graduation, um, I did in fact have a kindergarten graduation. Um, I march up on stage and I'm in front of like all the kindergartner parents mm-hmm. and like all of my kindergartner like classmates. Um, and I was going to say vet. I mm-hmm. was I was very ready. Um, and I get up there and I get stage fright and I get scared and I forget what I'm going to say. And I say artist. <laughs> <laughs> so according to my kindergarten self I wanted to be an artist when I grew up um, so like no shade to artists like that's awesome but it's just not me like if you know me you know that I don't Emma's have not a, an artist I don't have a particular affinity for art um, I like it I can't do it very well so that's my what did I want to do when I was little? Story. Jesus Christ. Okay, and then for Carolyn, I if I I, mean, I don't know your answer because I haven't looked at the sheet. But I if I, I had, don't even have it on the sheet. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna take a gander on yours. If you want to take a gander on mine, I don't know what yours would be. Oh. I genuinely do not know what yours. I feel like JJ's That's gone so through true, so though. many phases of life where it's like I genuinely do not know what JJ would want to be as a little child. You know, a honestly, firefighter. No, no. I'm glad you were just like maybe a fu- mm, yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, Carolyn, based on what I've heard about you, um, you're following your film passion. Like, that's something you've just always wanted to do. I mean, like, yes, I've always wanted to be in film, but, like, I definitely also wanted to be a vet. Either a vet <laughs> or an astronaut. I was, like, convinced oh. I wanted to be an astronaut for a couple years. Um, but m- for the most part, it was, ooh, I don't wanted to go in the Army a lot. I can see that for you. Yeah. Mm, the fact too. that I almost did that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've known that I've wanted to be a filmmaker for a very, very long time. Yeah. See, for me, I was one of those cute people being like, oh my God, I love my teacher so much. Aww, I want to be a, a teacher, teacher when I get older. <laughs> I could so see that for little I JJ. See, I could see JJ being a teacher. Because like there was that, but then also similarly to Emma, I have a very like specific memory of sixth grade where they were just like, I want you to paint a self-portrait of yourself, of you in the year 2032 and I'm just like okay cool 2032 what's happening the Taiwanese Olympics are happening then of course me being a sixth grader has no idea of time or anything like that and being like okay not only that I'm also going to be an athlete here and I'm just going to do like all the sports that's true I I wanted to be a professional skier for a very long time I wanted to oh, go to the skier. Olympics yeah because huh. I used to ski when I was when I was a young oh, kid I didn't know that oh, yeah. Same. yeah 
Oh, until um, faithful accident. Also, <laughs> Emma, I love about the fact that you brought up your kindergarten graduation and yours was like, <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? And meanwhile, my kindergarten graduation, we like did like things that like alliterated with our names. <laughs> so like, if your name was like, I don't know, like like Arnold, like then you would be an artist. You know oh. what mine was? Carolyn the car with like a taxi <laughs> from California. I swear to God, I have a video. What? I have a video That's somewhere. That's not a job description. I know it wasn't the job. Okay, it wasn't the job. It was things. It was like oh. things that like alliterated with you. Carolyn the car. Like uh, there was literally like Carolyn the car is like living it up in California. That's so funny. <laughs> There's a video of Awesome. somewhere with it on VHS. I have to go look <laughs> for it. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, um, Emma, what are we going to be talking about today? Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about something that I am so excited to talk about, and that is my study abroad trip to Ireland. We get it. You went to Ireland. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the climbing that that I kind of went through, under, undergone, learned, Woo! mountaineering, the people, and, you know. All that, all that really fun stuff. So nice. um, we're going to get into our news segment now, mm-hmm. um, but stay tuned for the digestives of the episode, which is the Irish climbing scene. Slay. Um, for those of you in the U.S. who don't know what a digestive is, because I didn't. I don't know what a digestive is. What is a digestive? Wait, it I is, knew what those were before. It is like a wheat biscuit that you have with tea. Um, a digestive. It's called that. And yeah. funny story about this Dude, is when I went over there, People were eating digestives, and before I knew it was a biscuit, or like like a cookie, mm-hmm. I literally thought it was some like stomach pill or I, something. I literally would have thought like it's like either like a news article, like oh you digest the news. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not where my head went, but that's okay. News article. Um, wait, wait, imagine like a British like a British person like coming on the TV. This is British, by the way. Like, hello everybody, <laughs> welcome to uh, BBC. Today we're going to digest the news. Stay tuned. <laughs> Oh my god, the way Carolyn is so like knee deep in the College of Communications right now. (laughs) Good night. All right, we're gonna move on to our news. This is kind of derailing slightly. It is. All right, so for today's climbing news, um, this was news that came out about two weeks ago, but still, I found it really, really interesting. Um, Quote, a new 510 crack appeared overnight in Yosemite. <laughs> so um, an early... JJ's laughing their butt off right now. <laughs> um, so in early, summer, in early September 2023, a brand new crack basically spawned overnight in Yosemite's <laughs> royal arches. Um, right? What? Yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me the rock like just did a little whoop and it was different? Literally. That's exactly what happened. So um, allegedly, um, climbing, uh, climbing.com posted this article and saying that currently the National Park Service is putting a temporary closure of the area and it's it's launching a full investigation into what exactly is going on. Oh, um, wow. Like, quote, they think it could maybe be man-made? No, 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 no. Oh. Like, it's probably, I don't think they think it's man-made because, um, here, let me, let me read about this. So, quote, closures include uh, the eastern part of the Awan, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this wrong, um, Awanhi Hotel Parking Area extending to the east side of the Royal Arches Creek and the Serenity Crack and the Super Slide Areas including Peruvian Flake to Brahmas Wall and the Awahi Boulders near uh, east, uh, including the um, Awan, oh, Awani Boulder. Sorry, I'm so sorry to any Native Americans if I'm pronouncing this wrong. Um, but allegedly, park rangers and climbers didn't even see a crack at all in the area um, on September 6th when they were in the area. 
But then later on August 20th, uh, Jesse McGarry, a supervisor, park ranger at Yosemite National Park, uh, was climbing there and he said, quote, um, it was a fingertips to one inch size crack 200 feet long or so. Um, so... Initially, also funny story, um, according to Climbing.com, the park rangers put it on Mountain Project. <laughs> they were just like, hmm, a crack. Like, let's just put it on a Mountain Project right now. Um, but then the following week, quote, uh, the following week, a climbing ranger and a geologist observed it firsthand, and they could hear it Ooh. cracking like a frozen lake that wasn't wow, consolidated. Wow, it was making noise? Yeah. Continuing Whoa. on saying, um, and there were pieces of rock rattling down the crack without touching it. Uh, the park geologist said they'd never seen anything like this. He's never been able to observe that in 15 years in Yosemite, end quote. Oh, my God. That's so That's cool. Wild. That literally sounds like something out of, like, the movie 2012. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, no. What? Oh, oh you don't God. know that movie? No. Oh, the movie's so that good. I don't know so the plot. Good. I don't know the movie. I just know that the world is ending and every, like, no, I do know the plot. That's You do know the plot. The plot is like so like the world basic. is ending. Yeah, that's basically the plot. But, but I think, like, the way it starts out is, like, there's, like, these cracks and, like, the tectonic, oh. um, like, ripples in, like, California. And they're like, a super earthquake is coming, guys. Oh, my God. And everybody's like, no, they're not. Like, like, and then, oh, lo and behold, the earthquake comes to Los Angeles. Los Angeles well, goes into the water. hopefully this doesn't signal hopefully it doesn't. an earthquake from hopefully California. Hopefully not. <laughs> but yeah, so right now, um, as of the morning of um, September 7th, according to the article, uh, sorry, I lost my, I lost my spot. Um, so sorry. Um, as of the morning, um, the crack had grown by an additional 12 feet. And uh, quote, it also widens in a lot of places where you had the tip of a finger, the finger crack, it widened in, it widened into baggy ring locks. Said uh, McGehee. Um, so right now, um, a lot of people are saying that rockfall is pretty common in Yosemite Valley, um, which like I wouldn't expect it not to be. I mean, it's the biggest big wall in the United States of America. I mean, like why would there not be rockfalls, especially with all the rains that that Yosemite has been getting? Lately, mm. I also would not be surprised um, that there's a lot of rockfall, but I think it's probably like this is not in the article. This is Carolyn's own opinion right now. Um, <laughs> We're diverging. The, the, the reason why there's probably so much rockfall is because there's been so much rain happening in Yosemite. And even the article kind of points to this, too. Um Saying, uh, quote, it is partially due to this natural process that the park has its unique features. Factors like changing temperatures, moisture levels, and vegetation shifts can contribute to rockfall. Um, and associated injuries and deaths are rare, but not impossible, end quote. So um, according to McGehee also, there have been a lot of rockfall incidents. Um he says, quote, we've had a fatality and at least uh, three other accidents that required rescues involving rock failure, all human caused, induced either from people pulling a block off or someone leaning against a block. Um, so, yeah, stuff like this has become more more common, unfortunately, and it looks like this is this might be due to climate change unfortunately mm, um wow yeah right now um is. yeah <laughs> right now um you know yosemite scientists um which like by the way like yosemite does have scientists if you didn't know that it's not like a oh my god we're deploying scientists to yosemite no yosemite's also have also has always had scientists um I mean, that makes sense just because yosemite is such like a hot spot for like yeah it's such a natural like space it's very well preserved yeah, yeah that's the word it's yeah, such it's a preserved well space preserved. That, like, and it's yeah. good to study but um i guess a lot of yosemite scientists are now being um more involved in 
you know, rock climbing or at least more involved in the in what's exactly going on with the rock here at Yosemite uh, because it is d- a dangerous, uh, you know, situation. You know, other than Colorado, I would have to guess Yosemite is one of the more climbed areas in the United States. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it's probably the most. Probably the most. Yeah. Other than Colorado. Especially but, after Free Solo. That's sure. true. For yeah, sure. definitely. Um, like a lot of people aren't free soloing i hope no 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 but, <laughs> I, but like i'm sure it like sparked but a lot of people because like the area yeah because yeah, like yeah, yeah. watching that movie like it's just such a beautiful wall exactly like, it's so beautiful it, it is two thousand feet of pure granite and they say that like 15 times in the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah. um you know so hopefully you know they'll be able to figure out what exactly is is going on um the la- the article ends with uh another quote from McGahey. Um, he reminds video- visitors that, quote, it is an evolving and ongoing situation and we will continue to monitor it. It will remain closed due to the fact that it's an active crack and we are observing further propagation mm, or growth wow. of the crack. Um, and we'll also keep in mind that climbers can encounter rockfall on any route in any area of Yosemite, end quote, which I think is a really good like just warning. A reminder, yeah. yeah, just like a no, no yeah. warning. Yeah, a reminder just to make like, you know, make people make sure people are like, hey, be careful. Like this is a thing that's going on. But I don't know. What are y'all? What are y'all's thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, I think people approach outdoor climbing um, with a bit of trepidation, just yeah. for for the fact that it is outside. Oh, um, I am but people. but you would you what? I am people. Oh yeah, J- people. JJ I, approaches I am climbing. So scared all the time outdoors. outside with fear. So um, fun, but so scared. <laughs> um, but you know, the rock itself is not the thing that you think is going to give you issues necessarily. Like, sure, yep. maybe a hold can break off, or you encounter. Maybe some tr- like grass or yeah, a bird or like a on the wall. Yeah. Um, but again, that's not like the rock itself yeah. being dangerous. Like yeah. in this case, it is the rock. Like the rock is not safe to climb on because of the fact that it's actively changing. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. pretty cool to see before your own eyes that you know something as you know solitary and immovable as a a rock or a cliffside can just change. Um, and that can have you know, safety considerations for, yeah. for people who are around the area. And especially, especially the fact that it just kind of like appeared. Like I'm looking at, I don't know if y'all have, oh, wait, I didn't post the link in the uh, thing, but just look at, I'm showing them the picture and we'll have this on our Instagram as well, taggingclimbing.com. But that is a picture of the crack that just Holy kind crap. of appeared. And it just like, it literally just looks like someone like took like one of them wedges and yeah. a, and a, and a and hammer just up and it's little... like, bing, and then a boom, crack. Um, it like reminds me of like Zeus Thank you, Emma. or like one of those things where yeah. they like strike down their hammer mm-hmm. or something and then and like it a creates massive a crack, crack like in the mountain. Yeah. Like oh that's so cool. That's crazy. Yeah. And the fact that like it, it was first like small and it's like, okay, it's a small crack. Like, you know, that's that's mildly concerning, but it's okay. And, and now then, like looking at it, that's massive. Like that's a whole root right there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it's a five ten root. On mountain projects. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love how climbers they were just like, Oh my god, guys, dude. A new Look crack at this new, appeared. New crack guys. It's like, po- it's like Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Did we just compare climbing Yosemite to Pokemon? <laughs> no, that was Carolyn. We, com- we compared climate change to Pokemon. Okay. Climate change induced rock climbing <laughs> to Pokemon. A wild crack appears. <laughs> 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 so oh yeah, God, so we'll be funny. keeping an eye on this um, as we go on. But overall, like that's the climbing news. Um, so yeah, so any any last thoughts? Would you climb? No. 
<laughs> um, well, I do just not need let to me, be. Let me finish my question. Okay, fine. So, Carolyn, it is the zombie apocalypse. Oh my god! Um, it's always the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> no, listen. I'm bringing the, this up for a specific reason. Okay. Um, Carolyn has frequently mentioned on previous seasons of our podcast many episodes many many episodes that she has a plan for I what would happen a in a zombie in a zombie apocalypse Correct. so i'm curious carolyn if it were the zombie apocalypse and that was the only way that you get to safety would you climb that crack oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. but like the fact like i don't need to be in a zombie apocalypse and i don't need to be in a 2012 situation either where it's like i'm in los angeles and los angeles is falling into the ocean like, I don't, okay, see, fair. I don't need that in my life. But <laughs> yes, if it, if it is the zombie apocalypse, I will be climbing the 510 crack. Very good. With equipment. <laughs> yes. Cool. I don't know if the equipment will hold. I don't know if the crack will get wider all of a sudden. <laughs> As you're climbing hope, it. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. just, just hope for the best. Just just trust <laughs> the crack me. gloves and or tape if you're using that too and just climb hey. on. Yeah. But yeah. Rock on, dude. Rock rock on. <laughs> All right, moving on to our oh, this is the digestives. That's what we were talking about. Digestive. Yeah. Moving on to the digestives or to our Americans, um, cookies. <laughs> the biscuits. <laughs> biscuits. No, it's not. No, it's no. cookies, right? No. They're what is biscuits. it? It's it's like I I guess it could be classified as a cookie because over here a biscuit is that like fluffy bread that you get with like egg and cheese for breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a, is it like a cracker? Like, it, where it's like a cookie. Fall? Cookie. Cookie? Okay. But I was it's, like, where it's does this wheat. fall into the It's grain? made of wheat, so it's, it's not like when you think of like so a chocolate chip cookie. So it's a Nutri-Grain, essentially. No, because it's like It's crunchy. like Velveeta. It's like Velveeta. Okay, so it's like yeah. a Velveeta. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Velveeta of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, climbing Ireland. Um, so I guess the way that I kind of wanted to structure this is just sort of talk about my experience, um, have an open you know, discussion with you guys, mm-hmm. hear your thoughts and your opinions and answer any questions that, you know, would be cool to hear having you, you know, not been there. Um, but I, I had did a study abroad, um, experience in the spring of 2023 Woo. and best decision ever. If you do, if you truly, I'm, I'm, this is me giving real advice. If you have the ability and the means to do even a short study abroad experience, go do that. It's, it's eye-opening, um, and it helps you reflect on yourself and your personal growth as a person. And it was yeah. just so transformative, um, and I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, on this podcast, guys, we have talked a lot about the community that climbing brings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And something really cool about climbing is that it's it's quite international. Like, yeah. it is everywhere. You can go to a different country and say you climb, and you can find people like you and yeah. who have the knowledge that you have. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the way that I'm seeing it is that like how like I had the perspective of like traveling up and down the East Coast and discovering like how big the climbing world is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even on, within like, our own country. Within our own country because our country's so big. But then also yeah. just like within just the small portion of the East Coast. Like, oh, I can only imagine how it feels yeah. just across the ocean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like even like I've been in places that like even today, like we as Americans cannot travel to. Like I've been to Venezuela twice and that – even, like, though I was so young when it happened, like, it has truly changed my life for the better. Like, the fact that I've been able to travel outside my own country, and I, re- I realize it's a very privileged position to be in, but it's, if if I could recommend it to anyone, I would say go, go and travel, like, as much as you can, mm-hmm. whether it's within your own country, whether it's to a different state or a different province, like, just go experience the world outside of your own little bubble. Like, it's it's amazing, so... 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, having climbing, um, mm-hmm. going into a place where culturally Ireland is not the polar opposite of the U.S., right? Yeah. Um, people speak English. <laughs> they, you know, have the same amenities, facilities that we have yeah. over here, obviously. Well, um, for the most part. What do you mean? They got Healthcare. better public transportation. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Public <laughs> transportation is really great. Oh, over there. Food is um, fire. <laughs> um, but you know, so so even being in in a place that's not radically different from home, I it was still very very different from home. Yeah, um, and you know, going over there, um, meeting new people first within my own U.S. study abroad group, and mm-hmm. then going to an Irish university, the University of Galway. Yeah, and needing to meet Irish people, needing to meet local people, other international students from other countries, and, you know, kind of work my way into their communities there, right? Um, And I think I haven't had to do that in a while just because I think we have such a, um, you know, tight-knit group of people here at Penn State. I, You know, me needing to go meet people Mm -hmm. has not need to happen, um, you know, as as, as frequently. Um, So it was very cool that I was able to, you know, go there, step out of my boundary, go meet some new people. Um, and so my, my very first memory of doing this, um, it was a Monday night and it was the first week of the semester that the climbing wall had opened at, yeah. at, at the Kingfisher gym, the Kingfisher gym. Yep. <laughs> the Kingfisher gym. Uh, and so their indoor climbing space has a bit of a bouldering cave and mm-hmm. then some top rope walls as well. Oh, wow. So it's like small. Um, so it's, there's a lot for the limited space that they do have. Okay. Um, um, and so, you know, I, I walk in, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go do this by myself, even though I'm nervous, meet new people and it will be okay. So yeah. I, I walk into their climbing gym. Um, when you walk in, there's like these glass doors and you can't yeah. see anybody at first. I'm like, okay. oh gosh, I'm walking into the belly of the beast here. Here goes nothing. <laughs> um, and I turn and there are some, some people climbing already. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, two people that I distinctly remember, um, Liam and Kaylin. Mm-hmm. Um, the two of them were um, climbing, and Kaylin was in charge of the wall at the time. Um, and so I, I walked in. Um, Liam pointed me in the direction of Kaylin and said, um, if you want to get assessed you know, to belay and to be able to climb here, um, he's the guy you want to talk to. Um, so I walk up, and I basically ask, hi, I am a new study abroad student here this year. I really love to climb. Um, how do I go about that? Can I take my belay assessment? Things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess what I hadn't realized is that people don't really just walk in and just take their belay test. Um, they <laughs> yeah. learn there first. Oh, right? Really? Like, okay. Think about how much learning you have done here. Yeah. Right? You didn't necessarily have that knowledge coming in. Yeah. Um, and so Kaylin was super great, you know, helped me get checked off. Um, and, you know, the next week the social event for the club came around and – um, someone approached me and mm-hmm. I said, oh, hi, I'm Emma. I'm, I'm you know, an American student here studying. Mm-hmm. And and she goes, you're the American who just walked in and took the belay certification test? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, they're talking about me. They're talking about Oh, my you. God, they know me. Anybody who knows Emma personally, Emma does not like being very, like, public about anything. Which, like, to be fair, I completely understand. But, like, when Emma knows that people are talking about her, she's like, uh uh-uh, like, I'm be leaving good. the function. This is simply not happening. Um, so, which is so funny because this is the first time that I've met the majority of these people. Yeah. Um, and somehow my name has been floating around. Um, mm-hmm. And so, of course, it was 
by no means a bad thing, but it was just a very funny experience. So that yeah. was, you know, that was, that was kind of my, my first week wrapped up, um, yeah. in a nutshell there. Um, so that was, that was kind of a, a fun and unique way to, to start off my, my time there. Uh-huh. Um, so within, you know, the, the few, the few weeks of me being there, um, I was asked to start helping out giving assessments. Um, oh, wow. So, so they, so they let you, did you work at the gym? Essentially. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. I, I didn't do a ton of shifts and obviously uh-huh. I was not getting paid for it. I was yeah. purely so just helping out. So it was like a volunteer out. basis. Exactly. Um, okay. so they had a group of maybe 15 students who oh, wow. were in, called climbing instructors, um, and they were like people at Climb Nittany or yeah. at the intramural wall here at Penn State yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that can give um, belay lessons and like check that people are doing it right to yeah, be able yeah, to yeah. pass them. Mm-hmm. Nice. So what was it kind of like in that experience where you're basically like in Ireland, like volunteering to teach people how to climb as the American? Like how many people did you get like climbing in the first gym and they and heard you talking? They're like, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> like, where? You know, I, I think... People didn't. It's very obvious where I'm from when you're yeah, over there, right? No, like it's, very it's obvious. the American accent is not necessarily like the most inconspicuous thing in no, the world. No, it's not. Um, I think people were just polite enough not to ask. Like okay. it was obvious where I was from. Yeah. Um, but you know, it it did feel like I I didn't want to step over the line in terms of what I could bring to the table because yeah. I, I was in their space and, uh-huh. and they had asked me to come help. I didn't want to then go and be like, oh, you know, do this, do that. Like that was that was not my intention yeah, yeah, at yeah. all. And so mm-hmm. the fact that I was even invited to come help out, I was um, I was happy about. But I was also a, a little bit hesitant because mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to come across as, you know, that larger than life know-it-all American that yeah. I think maybe sometimes we get, we get the reputation, reputation for, for, right? Yeah. But then also, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little curious in a sense, just because like you were welcomed in the, into their spaces. But like, how different was their climbing spaces in comparison to our climbing spaces? Ooh, that's a great question. Yeah, because I know like JJ. certain certain gyms use they don't even use figure eights. They use like entirely different. Like, oh yeah, knots like Bolin. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, they certainly use a figure eight now. I don't know yeah. who's using a Bolin to <laughs> climb. Um, well, I think <laughs> I, I, I know just like certain, certain or like Eastern European climbers do it a lot. Um, some Asian climbers, I think, do. It just depends on experience, but it's like a closed circuit bowl, and it's not like an open circuit bowl. Interesting. It yeah, just like depends on the climber, depends on the gym, depends on how hmm. they grew up and how they learned yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, just some exactly. people, a lot of people use the figure eight, but not everyone uses mm-hmm. the figure eight. So I was just like curious, like, what are the major differences, or even what are the minor differences? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the thing that was at the forefront of my mind whenever I was climbing there mm-hmm. is that they didn't grade any routes okay so i this is not an irish thing this was yeah. just um a university of galway mountaineering yeah. club thing mm-hmm. um they have brilliant student editors that set some really great routes and mm-hmm. those routes are up for half a year to a full year oh wow okay mm-hmm. so they're up for a while wow, that's yep. a difference mm-hmm. yeah because like for us we we like the climbing wall that we have here, it's set every few weeks yeah, for people, bouldering. People will yeah. get every mad. Every year for ropes. Yeah, totally. People will get mad if there's like a holiday and the route setters take like one day, like one week <laughs> off. And they're like, why are there no routes? Like, <laughs> girl, chill. <laughs> like, bro, no, bro, for sure. go climb something outside. Yeah, exactly. Like, go go climb some rocks. And it's interesting, like, you know, did people like, I guess like what's the consensus there? Like, did they like the fact that all of the routes like they could have like these really really yeah. long term projects? Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Um, mm-hmm. I know there were there were several problems that 
I appreciated having that for my entire time there because I, I truly had to work at some of them. Yeah. Um, which was cool because I really liked being challenged when I didn't know what the grade was. Yeah, I, yeah, I just yeah. got on the wall because I wanted to. It didn't matter what the grade was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I kind of went it through that way. Um, and so, you know, beyond that, people had commented on, um, you know how we have our gym tags here tied to our harnesses? Correct, yes. Yeah. So that is not a way that gyms operate over there oh really Um, so when you come into the gym um yes you do have to do a check to make sure you know what you're doing Mm -hmm. and yes they put you in their system but there isn't a okay here's a physical tag now tie it to your harness that we know every time we're in here you know what you're doing yeah um and i've heard that that especially in europe that's a very very common thing it's like you'll be tested one time and then they're like okay cool and then that's it yeah and so we do have that one testing thing here Mm -hmm. um but there are I think because our gyms are so big and they can be yeah. very commercial as well, mm-hmm. it's harder to know the people who walk in day to day. Yeah. And so it's just easier to look at their hearts and say, okay, I did in fact test that person. Yeah. I don't have to go up and ask them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what was it kind of like? How were people's like reactions to like all of your tags? Like, yeah. Because you have a bit, you have like reach, you have climb that need. Do you also I have, have sport rock? So I have, I have two tags. You have two on tags. On my harness. Okay. Um, <laughs> Carolyn, you one got of like them... 20. Emma, <laughs> I have two. One of them is movement. Um, which is formerly known as Earth Trex, yep. which is my home gym in Maryland, Woo! about 15 minutes from my house. And then Climb Nittany is my yep. other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the Climb Nittany one's also funny for people because it, yeah, it says legit on uh-huh. it. And that was also like, why does your climbing harness say, say you're legit? Like, that's even weird for people over here. Yeah. Um, but I think it... It's cute. It did spark some funny conversations. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was just, you know... Uh, interesting difference that doesn't necessarily impact the quality of the gym or of the climbing um, Mm -hmm. but just something that was certainly noticeable for sure yeah yeah um you know also when i was at gyms that had grading scales it was in the european scale yeah it it was not what was it like suddenly going from like v vb to like v10 to be like Nine E3. A, or no? Is it is it not? Is it the French one? So so or was the the British one. So it is just like the European scale, which I think was developed by the French. If I'm okay, correct. Okay, so yeah, like six um, A, seven A, exactly. Yeah, four A. Um, okay. And so what was interesting is the bouldering, like the V scale was known for bouldering. Really, um, but when you're doing ropes, they use the European scale. Oh, and so okay. Many a minute was spent, my friends and I, trying to basically communicate across the grades if you will yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I said yeah I can climb you know a 511 at home and yeah. then they would say I don't know what that is can you figure it out <laughs> yeah and I would a. I would go google it and we would figure out what the what the conversion is and, yeah, and vice yeah. versa so that was that was unique to to kind of think about climbing in that way because yeah. I, I ha- I've only ever been used to the one scale that we have here yeah and that's so interesting because even here we have two scales Right, like we have, we have the, no, no. Was, was hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Oh no, I'm hear hearing out. you out. I'm just, I just didn't know we had two scales. <laughs> well, we have two scales. We have the Vermin scale, V zero, V one, V two. But then we also have the Yosemite Decimal System, five six, five uh, seven, five eight. Whereas, what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, Emma, is it like, uh, you can have a boulder problem that's like a five C, but you can also have like a, a top rope or a lead problem that's also a five C. You know, I. I, I think that's correct. Okay. Um I that I that is correct. Okay. Um but the V scale is also known. Yes. So mm-hmm. that's that was something that we could, you mm-hmm. know, relate upon in yeah. terms of climbing lingo and verbiage. Yeah. What was it kind of like going from the Yosemite decimal system to like 
all of a sudden the European system where things are a little bit more tense and a little bit different, like in terms of grade. Yeah, I think there was more subjectability in terms of like, what is a 6A plus yeah. 6A? Like uh-huh. here we have, um, you know, 5, 10, A, B, C, D. And then mm-hmm. it goes 11, A, B, C, D. Yeah. Um, yes, there are letters, um, but those those letters, in addition to those numbers, kind of span larger ranges than ours do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a 7A or a 6C might span one like or two one, yeah. of the Yosemite decimal system. And mm-hmm. so just reorienting my brain in that in that sense. Okay, nice. Um, the outdoor climbing is also very different as well. Um, and that's, that's more your route because you're definitely homegrown outdoor, <laughs> outdoor girl. Totally. Um, yeah, I definitely prefer the outdoor pursuits, um, <laughs> over the climbing gym, but again, climbing gym is superior. Of course, a great place to be. Damn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was just like superior. Superior. Like, um, so what was it like climbing like outside in Ireland? Like, first of all, like what exactly is the... I guess like the even like the 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 valleys, the things that you saw in Ireland, because like, you know, for me, like you sent me pictures of like you in Ireland and it looked like a complete different like fairy tale land. <laughs> um, so believe it or not, I actually did no outdoor climbing in the country of Ireland. Okay. Um oh, that's so oh sad right, for you did you. it in Wales, yes. right? All yeah. of my outdoor climbing uh, was in Wales. Yeah. Um I think the reason for that was by the time the weather kind of got good, the end of the semester was nearing. I was trying to do a million things, say about a million people. Yeah. You know, just basically get ready to go home. And so it didn't, you know, quite work out that I was able to climb outdoors in Ireland. But, um, you know, what is interesting is because the outdoor sports scene is much less developed yeah. in Ireland. Um you know, that maybe partly due to the weather, partly due to the, um, there's just less volume of people there to be able to develop it. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's trad climbing. Yeah. And so, you know, going out for a day in the mountains to climb with your friends mm-hmm. is in a way almost a mountaineering endeavor more yeah. so than it is sport climbing. Okay. Like, you know, over here, you get in your car, you drive down your really wide roads <laughs> to your crag and you step out of your car and there's your climb, there's like your crag, right in front yeah. of you. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not at all really what happens yeah. um, over there. And because of that, to climb outdoors, you have to have a very good knowledge of both the natural world, um, of the weather, mm-hmm. of, of the gear that you're going to use. Yeah. Um, it, is a, it is a lot more to bite off, if you will. Yeah. So what is what was it kind of like for you? Like, even though you're not climbing in Ireland, what was it like for you to kind of take on that more mountaineering endeavor because like we've talked about you and I have talked about mountaineering Mm -hmm. on this podcast me and Macy have talked about mountaineering JJ and I have talked about mountaineering we've never done mountaineering the closest (laughs) the closest thing we've done is backpacking and the closest thing to mountaineering that I've done is seeing someone try to well no no, you've backpacked you've backpacked with us oh well I mean yeah like there's backpacking and then there's like the occasional there's like actual mountaineering to ascend towards like Mm -hmm. like what was that trend and you have when you climbed Teton when when you Mm -hmm. climbed Grand Teton was that also like mountaineering more style it was alpine yeah and we were we were trout climbing as well yeah exactly but even within that like yes we're on you know a 13,000 foot mountain Uh but those those routes were heavily trafficked. Uh-huh. You know, the bolts are there yeah. even that high up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even within our Alpine scene, uh-huh. there is still a level 
of development that yeah. is not seen over there. Yeah. What was that kind of like for you mentally and like emotionally as you're kind of like going up these things and doing something that you've yeah. never really done by yourself yeah. before with people who you just met like <laughs> three months ago? For not sure. Even. For sure. <laughs> you know, um, what was that like for you? Yeah. So the the forefront emotion was excitement. Yeah. I was so excited to be learning new ways to go up the mountain because mm-hmm. um, they do things differently over there. Okay. And I, How so? It was interesting to have those conversations. Uh-huh. Um, so when when we were in spots that we could sport climb, um, uh-huh. in Wales, for example, yeah. um, the way that we set up top rope anchors over here is different than how they do it over there. Okay. Um, over here, because we have so many people climbing, um, we don't put our ropes through any of the gear that's bolted into the mountain. Okay. Um, we use our own gear that's uh-huh. attached to the bolts in the mountain, and then our yep. ropes go through our, our gear. Our own gear, yeah. Um, an example of this is... The quad setup. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I actually specifically remember having a conversation with a friend of mine about the quad. He didn't know what it was. I really? explained it. Um, mm-hmm. So a quad is when you use cordelette yep. and you, you know, double it back on itself mm-hmm. to create a system that you can support your weight on. Mm-hmm. And so here, because we have great bolting and great, you know areas that are developed you lead climb up with your quick draws yep and you go and you click you clip your quad mm-hmm. anchor to the top of your climb depending on the climb of course um and you you know sling your rope through that and that's what you climb off of and the goal there is to you know keep as minimal wear on the permanent gear attached to the mountain as possible oh wow that must be stressful <laughs> um well and so sounds- so that's here but then but then over oh, there mm-hmm. it there's just I think less people climbing overall. And so oh. that gear that is bolted into the mountain is used for the anchors oh, um, to an okay. extent, of course, not mm-hmm. everything. Cause that's not always possible. You have yeah. to, you know, set up your Alpine anchors and things yeah. like that. But um, within sport climbing, there is a heavier usage of those permanent features that okay. are here. Okay. It's actually really interesting though, because like that makes it so like, you kind of like it kind of sucks in a sense because you really do need to have a better understanding of not only the environment but also like yep. mass like knowledge of like everything in regards to climbing like like physics all the potentialities <laughs> of like what could go wrong mm-hmm. and how to prevent those things from going wrong but like at the same time though it's kind of it sounds pretty nice to be able to like have a pretty like on your own kind of space just because like it is a lot less popular there from yeah. my understanding and mm-hmm. thus it's to give you guys perspective, um, Manhattan in the U.S., yeah, eight million people live uh-huh. in that city. There are seven million people in the entirety of the island. Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. So, if I'm correct on those stats, um, that is in fact the case. And wow. so, there are less people in the entire country. This includes Northern Ireland, yeah, the, of the Republic and of Northern Ireland. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Than in all of New York City. Wow. So that Jeez. that is cr- a crazy stat. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, they've done really well with with the you know with with what they have in terms of being able to develop things. Um, yeah, but it is it is certainly more rugged over there in terms of going out and having a day in the mountains for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's crazy, man. Um, you know another another cool thing. So, Carolyn, what is your experience with Mountain Project? So, can you explain <laughs> to our listeners what that is? Yeah. So, Mountain Project. It's funny because a couple episodes ago, I had to explain to Macy what Mountain Project was. Really? She, she it was. She didn't know what it was. I forget which episode it was, but like, okay, she but... was like, "I found this really amazing website called Mountain Project," <laughs> and this was after we we climbed. Um, this was oh no, this was before we climbed at Hunter's Rock, but like, okay. like. 
I like basically if you don't know what Mountain Project is, Mountain Project is an app. It's a completely independent independent app from like, you know, any national park service. It's just a, a forum. It's pretty much like Reddit but for climbers. <laughs> where like you can That's you such can a good up, representation of it. Like, you can talk. You can talk about things. Uh, you mm-hmm. can you can set up your own routes. Mm-hmm. You can sh- uh, post pictures of the routes. You can write comments under the, under the routes that people have set up. You can uh, post elevation. You can post uh, what the conditions are like in certain crags. Um, and there are even forums set up so that way people can communicate over over wherever about any crag. In and anywhere. Oh yeah, and um, then also like they also give you information about the approach. Correct. Like, yeah, giving you stuff to you, like yeah. yeah, so that people yeah. don't get lost in things. Yeah, and people people will write like uh, people will almost give crags like like their own like little uh, uh, a spray board like setup where they'll be like if you start here it's a it's a five eleven or not a five eleven if you start mm-hmm. here it's like a V two going up but if you start here and then skip this foot it suddenly <laughs> becomes a V five. Yeah, know? and then um, also they give you beta videos too. If they I do give perfectly. you beta and videos, I think that's cool yeah. as hell because mm-hmm. like. If you want the video, it's there for you. And especially if you don't, if you like are confused about that start, like, yeah, get it going with that. And there's also GPS coordinates to like, yep. you know, crags that like you wouldn't necessarily like where you would need a map to get into. Yes. And like, we, us being Gen Z, no one knows how to use a map these days. <laughs> what do I look like? Ben Franklin? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <but> like, <laughs> like, you were using maps like 20 years ago, girl. <laughs> My parents literally like, pulling up map Maybe even quest. like 10 I think years I, ago. I used MapQuest when I was a kid. Dude, the way that you were just like Ben Franklin while my dad's out here being like, so I'm going to use the map to drive to New quest. York. <laughs> no, no, he would, he would print out the GPS directions. I, when I went to NYU with my mom like a junior, like as a junior in high school, my mom was like, "Pull up, pu- print out the map quest just in case. Like, give me, make sure we have the map quest just in case. We got to know where we're going just in case we lose service. Yeah, this is we have a GP, an actual physical yep, GPS. Yep. We have our phones. She's like, no, map quest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but also my story with um, Mountain Project, I is the exact same shoes as Macy. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie because I was like googling and I was like looking around <laughs> about climbing like routes that are happening in um. In Taiwan and stuff, and there's uh-huh. this one. There's this one, and it's the name is so unfortunate for the English name, but um, it's called um, Long Dong. But say say it in 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 Taiwanese. Um, see the thing, I would be able to do that, but I need to pull up the translation to do that first. Uh, oh, but you do that, and the but the it, reason I brought but up the English translation is like. Dragon Cave, and I think it's pretty oh, cool. But going cool. through that, I was just like, I don't know how this thing works. Oh my god, Mountain <laughs> Project, dude, this is sick. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, back for to your sure. Thing, no, no, you're thing. good. So, I mean, the reason I brought Mountain Project up is because mm-hmm. it is in, an incredibly accessible way to get a lot of knowledge very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, Mountain Project does not exist in the form it does over here in Ireland. Oh, um, so oh, so and, they haven't and brought this this maybe extends it? into continental Europe, but I am not going to talk about that cuz I don't personally know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you know, being able to find a route, know where it is 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 very, you know, it's sort of like a verbal messaging system. If you know oh. someone who knows where they're going, like great. But if you don't, hopefully they give you proper directions. Um oh, wow. I, I will say you can Google online um a guidebook. There is one guidebook that I have, in, you know, in particular in mind, and there are, uh, you know, a few websites here and there that um, do their best to explain, you know, w- in each of the counties, like where mm-hmm. is the great climbing, um, you know, directions to get there. You know, essentially just a, 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 a less 
a less um, intuitive version of Mountain Project, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, wanting to climb and wanting to get outside, but not having as much information is as is is as is accessible over here. Um, is also quite daunting as well. There, yeah. You know, there, there's certainly a fear factor. Um, like, what if I get lost in the middle of right. nowhere in a country that I am not familiar with? Exactly. And um, I can't call 999. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, of course, I was never in that situation because yeah. the only outdoor climbing that I did was in Wales, which is a very, you know, supervised Still, place. though, like, I can't imagine, like, being in a place where you already don't live. And then going out to climb and all you have is, like, word of mouth. Like, granted, like, even back here in the United States, like, that's how pretty much climbing operated in the in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and just to see, like, how far we've come. But then mm-hmm. to still realize that there are other countries where it's just, it's still like that where it's just word of mouth. You know, it, it can be totally. scary. Yeah. Totally. Um, and, and I think that I have mad respect for everyone yeah. over there, especially <laughs> all of the climbing and all the hiking leaders who run you know, Unique Allway Mountaineering Club because they need to have a level of, you know, true understanding about where they're going. Um, they have to be good navigators. Yeah. Because you don't walk on a trail. You straight up just walk up the hill. <laughs> like, there is no trail. There is no trail. That was so weird to me. Yeah. Here, if There's you veer off the trail. There's trails, but then the occasional, like, I'm a branch off somewhere else. Yeah, but yeah. even then, it is frowned upon to go off trail because you're going to damage yeah. the wildlife. Yeah. You know, the, the whole leave no trace principles. Yeah. Um, in Ireland, uh, there aren't, you know, thousands of people in one day going up one oh, cliff face. And so yeah. those those trails don't mm-hmm. don't, don't appear, exist. right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so <laughs> my first few mountaineering hikes, we start at the bottom of the hill and we walk sh- in a straight line up until we're at the top. <laughs> and it is just grass and bog and and water and and it was really great and really fun but it was certainly a new way for me to see hiking and put it in a new perspective Mm -hmm. yeah i think it just ties on with the ideas of perspective and how like it could be so similar and yet at the Mm -hmm. same time it's so different yeah and i think that's just so cool yeah and like that that lends to uh you know the whole discussion that we've had multiple times is Climbing is something that can bring people together from very different backgrounds, um, you know, uh, immediately within, within you know, a week of being at that lovely place. I felt welcomed. Yeah. All the people there, super friendly, really, mm-hmm. really willing to and, and, and wanting to help me learn mm-hmm. Irish climbing and, yeah. and the ins and outs of that. Yeah. You know, and that was and they're they're, you know, they're such open and gracious hearts about allowing me to help their community and teach, yeah. teach people in their community things. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have to let me have, in, have yeah. that role, right? Mm-hmm. But they did, and I, I yeah. felt incredibly grateful for that. Yeah, what was that kind of like, like those first few experiences where you were not only being taught, like, Irish culture, like, as you're there, but also, like, learning about Irish mountaineering and Irish yeah. climbing, which is also, like, a, a topic that you're still, like, very, very passionate uh-huh. about and that you also know a lot about. Like, yeah. What was that like for you? It was a place of grounding for me, mm. um, you know, because climbing is in my life. It will be wherever I go, mm-hmm. um, and that is almost an instant community. Um, of course, you hope to click with the people within that community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, the it's like the playing field has been... like leveled in in a way you know yeah like yeah you're the new person but you Mm -hmm. can bring something to the table because you like the same things as the people there yeah um and so you know my love for mountaineering and everyone there's love for mountaineering 
is what kind of brought everyone together. And it was it was just a very, you know, down to earth, encouraging, happy place. Nice. And I think that's really nice because like for me, like in my plans on moving to Taiwan after college and just like mm-hmm, it kind of gives mm-hmm. me a sense of security just yeah. because like mm-hmm. although I don't I like the language barrier is going to be a little bit more for me just because I know the language, but like in theory, not in practice, but like having that conform- conformity of being like, well, it's, it's going to be fine because as long as I go to a climbing gym, just the simple like hand movements of like what the beta could be or something like that, or just the simple of like, nice, you got it. And like things like that. And yeah, just like mm-hmm. it totally. goes a long way and like builds friendships so easily just because that's the climbing community. 100%. The community we have. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and these people were, you know, so kind even when they found out about crowd gals mm-hmm. um carolyn i know i i had texted you so what <laughs> you was i will i'll tell the story about how they found out about crowd gals. actually yeah because um, i don't think i've heard the story yeah but but tell me your side of it first so so what did i remember i texted you on the night that i'm about to tell the story of and i basically told you that people over here were interested um how was that for you I given honestly, that you want to grow this i don't remember like too much of like the the exact principles yeah. but i remember you saying like, oh, uh, I'm telling people about crag gals like in the gym here in Galway. And then like people like Darius like started following like the yep. Instagram. Darius basically became our number one fan overnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Darius has has gotten us a uh, an interview literally <laughs> for this for this season, which is so great. Yeah. Um, and like just some like we've we've been looking at the statistics of crag gals for over a year now and like we've had some international viewers Mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden like every week we kept seeing 10 viewers from ireland 20 viewers from ireland like you know 30 views from ireland and it's like oh my god this is starting to like become a thing (laughs) (laughs) that's so exciting for you especially because this is your baby almost this is my baby yeah and it's like for me like i i did this because i wanted to genuinely like uplift like our voices as women and as people and as young people in climbing but now to hear that like people are actually like wanting to listen Mm. and it's like oh wow there's actually a lot more potential with Mm. this podcast than i could have ever dreamed of other than like just like helping me learn audio engineering and helping me move towards my degree yeah. you know it, and it's really it's a really nice opportunity it made me smile Anyways, oh, 100%. Continue, continue with your story yeah no so so this was um you know i think it's maybe late february earlier march at this point so mm-hmm. I've, I've known these people for a good bit we're friendly with each other now i would fully consider them my friends mm-hmm. beyond you know just an acquaintance i had I, I think at this point pretty much become a part of the community um and I had posted on my story on Instagram that day. Oh, right. It was one of the season it was, reflections, yes. right? Yes. So something you and Macy were doing, uh-huh. I reposted. Yeah. Um, and at this point, a bunch of my friends were following me on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, specifically my one friend, Jack. Um, and he brought it up at the social night that night and said, hey, do you have a podcast? What was on your story today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, at this point I hadn't mentioned it. I was going to, but I, I, there was still a bit of me being an outsider. Yeah, and I, I remember. I, I didn't want to, yeah. you know, again, come full force. I know what I'm doing. Now I have a podcast. All coming like, back I'm that to me, loud yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not how I wanted to come across, no, right? No, and so no, yeah. if this information got out, it would not have been because I was, you know, shouting it across the, the roof, right? Yeah. Um, and so when Jack had mentioned this, I was like, actually, yes, <laughs> I do in fact host a podcast about rock climbing. Like a funny um, you mentioned this kind of thing. Yeah. And I was sitting at a table with several of the leadership of, of the club and they were all 
to my surprise, I guess, very mm. excited about the fact that at podcast, the American ha- girl has a they podcast. have a new podcast <laughs> they can listen to, and specifically, I was excited because I wanted to get their perspectives on here. Yeah, um, I wanted to use our podcast as a way to grow climbing over there for them, yeah. for you know, just help people understand the importance of of traveling, mm-hmm. um, and you know, because all of them were so transformative in in my growth and in the very positive experience I had over there. Um, I was excited to talk about them and, and, you know, have them have a role in this podcast. Yeah. So that was, it was very heartwarming. Yeah, um, it definitely was like just hearing, cause you would text me every once in a while. And like, after like our check-ins, like they would be like, Hey, like you'd be like, Hey, like it's the new episode of Craig house coming out <laughs> soon. And I was like, yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, people would frequently stop me at, at the gym and say, Oh, I really like what you said on this episode. And I'm like, yeah, like, you're listening to it. Yes. Like, no way. You yeah. didn't just say or you like, were. Darius would like post on like a story like, oh, catching up today. And it would yeah. be like season one, episode yeah. like five or yeah. like, like Friendsgiving or something <laughs> like. And, and it's crazy because like we really could be like it shows the potential of like what this has 100%. and like how much it really could grow climbing yeah. um, just out of little Ireland, you know, and that 100%. for me is like awesome. But then also, I think it just gives us hope for, like, how where this podcast could go in the future. Just because, like, if Emma is able to give, like, 20 more views in Ireland, imagine how it could be, like, if me, Macy, Carolyn, you, and, like, everyone in between, just, like, every gym we go to, every crag we go to, just be, like... Yeah, there's a podcast. Crag gals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, be, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not advertising myself, but have you heard of the podcast Craig Gals? Yeah, like, it, it's it's truly incredible that, like, you know, people actually do, like, like to listen to us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, I have very specific memories of my friend Rory and of, of Darius, like, like, really just even, like, messaging me and saying, I, today I listened to this, and you mm-hmm. talked about that, and I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it it opened up a cool conversation where they would then share their favorite podcast with me. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. it was, you know, just, it was just very heartwarming and cool that I, they, they truly made me feel like I had a right to even be co-hosting a podcast. Yeah. Like I literally know nothing about audio engineering. Carolyn, <laughs> this is truly your show here. I just <laughs> provide I my sometimes fun opinion. I literally, the, I, the way I wrote this out in my um, USA Collegiate Ambassador Scholarship was like, I was like, I remember like in the uh, in the essay, I was like, I was talking to my one friend, Emma, over the summer and I was like, how many podcasts? No, I think I asked you like, I was like, do you just want to start a climbing podcast together? And I was you were like, like yeah, sure. Why like, not? You know, it was literally an idea that we just had last summer, yeah. you know, and it's crazy how much it's it's evolved, you know, over time. 100%. So, Emma, you have some some quotes from your Irish friends. We will be editing their actual voices into each a, mm-hmm. into this episode. Yes. But can you kind of kind of give us a preface of what we're about to listen to? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um so we had well the club had a end of year party essentially. And this is the University of Galway Mountaineering Club. Correct. Yeah. Um out of out of uh, one of the at someone's house. I yeah. really don't remember whose house it was. Um it's <laughs> okay. And you know, it was it was a very emotional night yeah. for several reasons. Um, one, 
we were all partying for the semester. So for uh-huh. the local kids, they had to say goodbye to friends to see yeah. in the summer. But this was the last time, the singular last night, that I was going to be in a room with every single person who impacted me while I yeah. was there. Mm-hmm. Um, that included my U.S. friends, too. Yeah. Um, I became very close with several of my, um, you know, U.S. counterpart friends, Kira yeah. and Ruby and, yeah. and, you know, people who I've mentioned to all of you, but you haven't met. Yeah. Um, and so... I had to say goodbye to people that I made impactful relationships with and yeah. friendships with. Um, and that all happened that night. Um, yeah. And so knowing that I was coming back, I I knew that we had to do an episode yeah. on climbing in Ireland. Like we that had is just, to, yeah. If it was me sitting in this booth by myself, I would be doing it, which, yeah. <laughs> which I fully am so grateful for the both of you and for Macy as well, for, for willing <laughs> To listen to me ramble on and on and on all day long about my time. Um, it is and, a-okay. And wanting to do this, yeah. this I mean, episode. But, like, that's a part of the experience. Because, like, this is a epi- this is like this is a show for all of us. Yeah. yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. it's sharing all of our experiences. And, like, if one day it's about Carolyn, another day it's about you. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. That is what this space is for. Exactly. Like, one day it could be about JJ climbing in Taiwan. Or Macy, like, how climate change impacts not only her work in agriculture, mm. but how it affects, like, her climbing. Yeah. For me, it could be talking about, you know, rock climbing films. And for totally. you, it could be it could be talking about the climate community in, in Galway. Yeah. And I think all of those experiences are valid and they're worth talking about, you know? <laughs> 100%. Um, and so, you know, this this night kind of culminated with this little awards Oh, awards. This little award show that the the lovely leaders put on, um, mm-hmm. and for some reason they picked me as the best influence Aww. of the club solely because of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they gave me, you know, a little inflatable microphone and had me say a little speech to which I literally only said, "Go listen to Crag Gals," and then I dropped the mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, in addition to that, um, that night I wanted to get voice recordings yeah. of my friends. Um, I didn't get a voice recording of everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, these were people who were willing and had an idea to give um, opinions that night, of if course. You, if you want to, you can text them like on Instagram and be like, hey, if you still want to send something in, we can always review them in future episodes. True, that's I true. do not mind. 100%. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so <clears throat> this, these voice memos that you're about to hear, um, I call climbing advice from Irish college kids a few Guinnesses deep at the mountaineering end of your party. Woo! Um, I will preface it and say, <laughs> Connor Sheridan, you cannot whip on a three mil cord. Nobody do that. Do not whip, <laughs> do on, not a three whip mil cord. on a three mil cord. Um, and so this is me directly talking to everyone over there. Um, thank you so much for supporting this mm-hmm. medium. Um, my friends over here for supporting us. Um, mm-hmm. And I hope that you have enjoyed this episode and, you know, maybe chuckle a little bit when you hear some of the advice that all of you very willingly gave me that yeah. night. Um, it, I was going to say, if I can add on to that too, like, thank you guys so much for um, allowing us to not only get voice memos from y'all, but also just like being a supportive, like just being supportive for us. Like we've never experienced anything like that. Like we're literally just college kids from Pennsylvania, Virginia, <laughs> and Maryland. Like none of us ever imagined people from across the Atlantic ocean would be interested in anything we had to say. But um, thank you so much for your support. Um, thank you for your laughs and, um, you know, your, you know, just like your inspiration that you've given all of us. And we hope to see you guys soon. I hope to be able to cl- to go to Ireland, not only like in the future, 
but just to be able to see y'all and 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 not only be able to thank you in person but just be able to to, to meet you and just see, see who you are as a person so yeah 100 percent. yeah um without further ado without further ado <laughs> i hope you enjoy this montage of some potentially not very wise climbing advice but climbing advice nonetheless yeah more gear you buy, the better climber you are. Okay, so my number one tip for climbing, especially rope climbing, is to really just try and climb until you fall, like genuinely until you fall, because so many people just jump off, or like, especially when you're lead climbing, don't go until they're absolutely at the absolute limit and actually fall. So I think that's like my biggest thing and that'll like really get you to the limit and when you're trying hard like that you're just going to improve hello controversial opinion uh, hill walking requires a lot more skill uh, you know climbers don't have the patience to walk on a straight line you know they start going up getting high you know slabs are like cheese graters don't fall on them just because we're tall doesn't make everything easier quip on three mil cords Thank you, Connor. <laughs> the figure of eight descender is the only bit of climbing equipment you'll ever need. Hey, guys. I just want my little piece of advice is climb what you love, love what you climb, and don't be afraid to love intensely. All right. Well... Not me, wiping, okay not me wiping Emma. literal tears from my eyes right now. It is now. okay to cry Emma on this podcast. <laughs> well, it's happening right now. It's happening right now. Well, that pretty much concludes our episode. I want to give a special thank you to um, everybody who you know gave their voice recordings to Emma. And please, like, if you want to send over your own, um, I whether you're like, you know, Irish or whether you're an American or whether you're like, you know, anybody from around the world. Um, if you listen to this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send in your voice memos uh, for any advice that you may have and we can feature it on the podcast. I'm down for that. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for sending over your little recordings. And I can't wait to like actually like put music over this and like, you know, edit it and like, you know, make it make it really special. So that's pretty much it. Anything else to say, guys? Uh, no, I just like think it's so nice just to like be able to see this like this like small pocket of climbing that we, like Carolyn and I don't have like or Macy had like we have no idea what it's like, and yet you were able to get like such a special moment with them and just like learn and grow so much with them. And yeah, I'm just, like, it's it's just so nice to see mm-hmm. like how impactful it was for you mm-hmm. and like it's great. Mm-hmm. Like that's so special in every way. Yeah. Totally. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm emotioned out. So I'm going to say <laughs> thankfuls in the crowd, gals. This was season three, episode two. two. Um, we hope we see you next time. Um, keep on climbing. Keep on climbing. Rock, rock on, dudes.